from the book of Matthew chapter 26 during the night when Jesus was betrayed. Matthew says, As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it into pieces and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this and eat it, for this is my body. Everybody take the wafer and break it into two, representing what Jesus did on the cross, giving his body for us as the sacrifice that would bring us into a righteous relationship with God. So as we take it together, take, eat, and remember what Jesus has done on that day for you. And he took the cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. And he gave it to them and said, Each of you drink from it, for this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. Mark my words, I will not drink wine again until the day I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Let's all take and remember this and remember the blood that was shed on the cross for you and for me. And just imagine for a moment to that this is one of the pieces of scripture where Jesus says after that communion night Jesus would not drink wine again until all of us were together in heaven when he would celebrate that moment again with us together that is just beyond cool at least for me and I take him at his word Father, we thank you for the communion uh, sacrament that you gave to us so that we would constantly remember that which was done for us, the extreme generosity and the extent to which you gave all so that you would be able to see us as righteous through your son Jesus we praise God for that. We praise your name. That is why we're here. That's why we follow you. That's why we love you. We love you because you first loved us. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Well, how about that? We're in the month of August. August is an interesting month for me. I just wrote about that. I've got a book coming out next year. Uh, as a part of my retirement from Fox 8 in May, uh, which will be out in June. It's called My Big Box of Isobars. Uh, 
Uh, and uh, basically, it's a reflective, it's, it's a bit of a, a um, kind of a, a swan song, if you will, but, but a very different one. Uh, I'll leave you in suspense, but I just recently wrote about the month of August as being, for me, it's always been a month of anticipating something new. Because when I was a kid, in primary school, whether it was elementary, middle school, or high school, August was the month where we were always looking forward to September and, and getting ready for another school year, getting ready for, uh, and of course, being a kid in southern New England, loving uh, fall and winter because of the active weather pattern, being meteorologist, go figure, right? I'll get to the forecast in just a second, don't worry. Um, but here we are in August, and there is still that kind of anticipation here at New Promise Church with the vote coming up for Pastor Joe, uh, which is going to be on August the 20th. And, and that's an exciting time for New Promise Church. It really, really is. I'm excited for New Promise and the direction it's going in. The future really does look bright. I'm, and, and I hope you're letting everyone around you know it so that they'll come and join in on the fun. This is a great ground floor uh, place to invite new people in and, and get them excited. So I'm excited uh, for you, but uh, this is too, I was talking with uh, Elder Bob Santos this week. This is the way the Lord works, um, you know, because we've been in this series with the green mug, by the way, keeping it hot, uh, looking at the book of Colossians and line by line and letting the, essentially the scripture dictate what we talk about, which is a, a great way to do that. Uh, and initially, this series would have ended maybe a Sunday or two ago, but because of Pastor Joe coming to preach a, a several times and other things. I had to move those out a, a little bit. And this, we have two more in this series. Uh, this week and next week, 11 and 12, and then August 20th. And I'll be bringing a special message on the 20th, just before uh, the congregational vote. So, I mean, you can't time that. You can't. Uh, and here we are in this transitional season of August. I'm excited, uh, and in God's economy, there are no such things as coincidences, so it's no coincidence that we're wrapping things up this week and next week in the book of Colossians. And uh, I guess before I get too much ahead of myself and before I forget, you all want a forecast, right? All right. Well, we've, we've had an interestingly dry period for the month of August. No rain yet in August. That's about to change. So, so there's some rain for the gardens coming a little bit today, but most of uh, which will come in two rounds, Monday and Tuesday. Uh, and uh, there could be some local frog chokers. That's, uh, that's an official meteorological term, by the way. Frog choking rains. Um, and... Uh, uh, so this will be a little bit of an unsettled settled period. If you have any indoor work to do, guess what? It's going to be a good uh, start of the week to do that. Uh, but we're still looking for uh, our second 90-degree day officially. We've only had one. That's weird because usually by now that we have accumulated six to eight, and uh, we've only had one. And there's none in sight 
for the rest of potentially August and maybe even into September. This pattern is different. I've talked about that on my podcast, Weather Jazz, uh, which is now almost 19 years old. Can you believe that? I was podcasting before podcasting was cool, uh, just because it was, it was a fun thing to do. So I'm hoping to have Scott Sable on, uh, maybe even as early as tomorrow, to talk about that long range. He's really good when it comes to long range forecasting. But that's not why I'm here. We're here to dig into God's word. And before I dig into it and pray, um, let me tell you something. This is gonna be a little bit different today. Back in the, I'll call it early days of my ministry in preaching, Dick Goddard, when he was alive, would often come to hear me. Um, speak and he was really interested in the word he wanted to believe he was there all the time and he would always tell me afterwards he says you know what I I really like the way you teach from the Bible because he says it's participatory Uh, you get people kind of involved in the whole process sometimes you talk to them sometimes you ask them to, to participate in different ways uh, he says, I like that. He says, I don't like the, the kind of preaching which is pontificating. Well, you should do this, and you should do that. Now go home and do it. He says, you don't do that. And um, I've not really done that too much here. Today's gonna be different. Uh, I'm going to ask for some participation in just a little bit. But don't worry, and, and if you think for a moment, oh my goodness, he might call on me. Don't worry about it because those of you that I have already asked ahead of time to come up and to share very, very brief uh, answers to questions that I have, I've already uh, confirmed that that's going to be you. And so if I've not asked you to come up, you can breathe a sigh of relief. I'll try that again. You can breathe a sigh of relief. So you, you, those of you, you know, get beyond standby. Uh, I'm going to have you come up in just a little bit. And why am I doing this for, for this for this particular part of the message? It's number eleven in the series, keeping it hot, because we're in the part of Colossians where the rubber meets the road. Because early on we looked at doctrine, and it's very important doctrine uh, to understand. The, the basis of our faith. Okay, now that we understand the basis of our faith, what do you do with it? And this, this is almost formulatic when uh, it comes with the Apostle Paul. If you look through a lot of his books, it, it works that way where he establishes the, the, uh, the aspect of faith first or, or firmly Uh, theologically firming things up and then he says okay what do we do with that the rubber meets the road and so I'm going to ask in just a little bit a couple of you to come up and to basically express how certain pieces of scripture that we will be looking at today is rubber meets the road for you so let's pray and then we'll we'll read the passage and then we'll dig in Father, thanks for this day. 
We thank you for your word. We thank you for every single book of the Bible. And wow, when we consider the history and the blood and the sacrifice that it took to get that word into our hands and that we can freely read it and that we can freely share it in this country, help us to never take that for granted. In fact, we're at a point in our history where we need to stand up and be bold. Give us the same boldness that the apostles had in the book of Acts when uh, there is persecution, even mental persecution or verbal uh, persecution. Help us to be emboldened the same way the apostles were emboldened in the book of Acts because if we don't speak up, then that's when we will lose our freedoms here in this country to spread your word. May it never come to pass. Give us the boldness as we study your word now. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen, amen. Let me put this on mute just in case. I don't want a phone call to come in. Right in the middle of this, is it? I have to make sure. I gotta put my glasses on. Yes, good, all right. Well, those of you that would like to stand, you may. I'm gonna read from today's passage, the entire passage, and then we'll dig in. Colossians chapter three, verses 18 through 25. Uh, Again, don't feel compelled to stand, but those that would like to, certainly out of respect may. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything, and do it not only when their eye is on you to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs, and there is no favoritism. Praise be to God for his word. You may be seated. All right, so we're we're in this rubber meets the road kind of passage. Boy, there's, a, it, it, there's just a chock full of instruction in this. Now remember, all of these instructions are framed in the fact that we firmed up the faith aspect, the theological aspect. There was Gnosticism going on in the, the church at Coloss. Uh, they were believing in some really strange, funky things. Paul set that straight. And then he says, all right, what do you do with that? Here's what you do with that. And there's a bunch. This is just chock loaded with things. Little did the apostle Paul know that his advice to the followers of Jesus Christ and to the church at Coloss would be so relevant today, 2,000 plus years later. As we approach what will be the end times and the tribulation period, which is, by the way, connected to Jesus' letter to Laodicea. We made that connection 
in the introduction way back a couple of months ago. Okay, now we need to lay some foundations and understand some things. This is not to discourage you. This is to lay the foundation of why it is these instructions are so important. You ready? All right, since 1980, less than 50% of the children today can expect to spend their entire childhood in an intact family. Let that sink in. Less than 50%. And some of these kids will experience not just one family breakup, but two to three in the period of the, their years zero to 18. Two to three changes. All right, let's talk about the kids from these disrupted families. How does that affect them? You know, the current society, oh, it doesn't really affect them. They're resilient. Poppycock. They're six, more, six times more likely to be poor. 22% of those families will experience poverty for at least seven of those 18 years. They're three times more likely to have behavioral and emotional problems. No kidding. They're much more likely to be involved in illicit drugs. No kidding. We see it. They're less likely to, to be successful in love and in work. And one in four children will enter into a step family during those disruptions. Really? That's what we're dealing with. Now, fortunately, when I look here, we all have families that we value. We all have families, many of whom already have grown children, very successful, you've, you've worked through, you know, marriage is not a, a it's not a sport taken lightly. And, and I say that in the sense that when you enter into marriage, two imperfect people are getting together and you have to work through stuff. I mean, when I look at the marriage that, that I enjoy, it took work. And there were period, there were rough periods. There are always going to be rough periods that you have to look at God's word. All right, let's look at God's word. We're going to get through this. And with God's guidance, it gets stronger. It does. It's, it's not a glib saying. It does get stronger. Those of you know this all too well. The once coveted value system of marital fidelity, lifelong marriage, stable parenthood is no longer a goal for most Americans. It really isn't. In fact, Hollywood celebrates divorce, unwed motherhood, among other things. We're just not going to spend time there. But suffice to say, as we look around us, if you just watch media today, you'll get that. It can be discouraging, but that's, if, we, if we focus on the word, that's where we get our strength. That's where we get our encouragement. 
But it shouldn't be a surprise to any of us that if we read our Bibles, Scripture regards all of the above statistics and more as a prophetic sign, as a warning. Where is the warning? The warning's in Matthew chapter 24, verse 12. Because of the increase of wickedness, how many here have seen increase in wickedness? Just a few? I think every hand needs to go up. I've seen it, I mean it just even in the last few years, let alone last few decades. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. That's the era in which we live, but we can go counter to all of this if we just stick to the word. The anecdote is so straightforward. I mean, it's as straight as an arrow. These last eight verses of chapter three goes hand in hand with the words of Jesus when Matthew, in Matthew 11 to 30, said, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And it's not really a burden at all. In fact, it will bless you and it will grant you success. Yeah, you're gonna have to navigate through some of these interesting rapids as you go down the river of relationships. But if you pay attention to God's guidepost, you're gonna make it and you'll be stronger. So with that, let's dig in. You ready? Verses 18 and 19 together. And as I read verses 18 and 19 together, I'm gonna ask Tom and Gail Wokel to come on up and uh, join me because I have some, just one question for each. Make sure my mic is on here. Ah, here we go. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as it is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. All right. We have uh, Tom and Gail here today. I've gotten uh, a chance to know them. I know their, their, their marriage is strong, it's, it's wonderful. I'm sure that they had to work through a lot of this. It's not automatic, yet if you stay within the guideposts, then it's going to work. I only have one question for each one with regard to this. You ready? All right, Tom. I'm gonna ask you to hold this and go ahead and talk right into the mic. Oh. Tom, why, why do you think that men need to be reminded to love their wives as Jesus Christ loved the church? Why do we need to be reminded of that? Uh, well, men being goal-oriented usually can put their goals ahead of anything else, and I can attest to that. Mm -hmm. And Paul admonishes us, encourages us to love our wives, like Christ loved the church, he sacrificed himself for the church, for us, and we should have that same desire to love our wives, put our wives ahead of ourselves. First of all, it encourages her uh, to follow Christ as mm -hmm. an example on earth, and uh, it just brings harmony to the marriage. Sometimes it's not automatic, though, is it? No. No, it's hard. It's so, hard. It takes work, work for men because of the way we're built and the way that yes. God designed men. Yes, and very much so. A surprise! 
God designed men and women differently. Surprise! Oh my goodness, I'm shocked. No, I'm not. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Tom. And Gail, now my question for you is, why do you think that women need to be reminded to respect their husbands as the family leader? Well, we learned a lot knowing we were going to do this. And in Ephesians 5, we read, and it was really good, um, but we are not supposed to be doormats to our husbands, but we are supposed to follow them and listen to them and encourage them because that's what they need as men. But also, Jesus um, submitted to God, mm -hmm. and that's the example we should have. And especially in this day and age where women, um, they make women think that we should not submit to our husbands. But I know that the more I encourage him and love him, the more he's does that with me. Mm -hmm. So instead of the vicious circle, it's a good blessing of a circle. So what you're saying is that the two pieces of scripture here work together and not against each other. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Give him a hand. It, it took a lot of courage for, for them to come up and to share, because I asked him to share, and they were like, oh. But uh, I, I said, these are the scriptures, and, and just two questions, that's all I'm gonna ask you. And uh, so you've been very brave. Thank you so much for allowing me to, to pull you up and to ask that. Okay, now, I wanna share with you the Amplified Bible translation of this passage because it is key, absolute key, in helping us understand what it is Scripture is telling us. You see, the Amplified Bible frequently will take the, in this case, the Greek and pull out from the Greek everything that needs to get pulled out so that we can understand the words, the translated words in many other translations. So with that, it'll be up here on your screen, I believe. The Amplified Bible of verses 18 and 19 goes like this. Wives, be subject to your husbands out of respect for their position as protector and their accountability to God. Gail talked about that. And is proper and fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives with an affectionate, sympathetic, selfless love that always seeks the best for them. Tom talked about that. Did you notice? And they didn't know about this. They didn't know about the Amplified Bible, but their answers mirror this to a T. And I did not prompt them. I did not know what they were going to answer. So let's continue. Always seek the best for them and do not be embittered or resentful toward them because of the responsibilities of marriage. Now who can argue with that? I can't. I'm all for it. So we have in marriage the Apostle Paul talking about one single solitary guideline for each marriage partner. And it's amazing how many marital conflicts would evaporate if all married couples paid attention to this one overreaching guidepost. Okay, verse 20. Children, 
Obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Wouldn't it be great for those of us who have been involved in parenthood, and maybe those of you currently involved in parenthood, wouldn't it be great if obedience was automatic with kids? It isn't. But here is a scripture for the kids as a reminder that obedience will make life a whole lot easier because the parent is simply trying to keep order in the house, trying to make sure that the kids are safe, eat right, study, yeah, don't goof off when, when you should be working on your studies. It, it, the list goes on and on. The reason we ask our kids to, or tell our kids to do something is it's not for our own good, it's for theirs. So here's something also written by God's very own hand that goes along with this. It's in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. And it says, Honor your father and your mother. Oh, there's a second part to this. So that you may live long in the land your God is giving you so that you may live, it has a result. If you honor your father and your mother, if you are obedient to them, you will live long in the land your, law, your God is giving you. Verse 21, fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Yeah, I can, have I embittered Noah, my, our, our son along the way? Oh my goodness. I gotta tell you, and, and I've, told, I've shared this with Sally and with Noah as he's been growing up. I said to both, you know what? God should give every single parent or parent-to-be one practice child that doesn't count. <laughs> so you make all the mistakes up front, or at least many of them, so that you don't make them with number two. And number, number one is just a practice kit. Obviously, it doesn't work that way. And praise God, I have a son who is very forgiving and understands the whole thing. And of course, when I was wrong, I was very quick to apologize, not to embitter him. He, praise God, he turned out well. Despite me, he turned out well. So this is a rule, yeah, for fathers, specifically for fathers, but really, it's for both parents. In other words, we as parents should make it easy to obey, right? Sound familiar? Let's get back to Matthew chapter 11, verse 30, where Jesus says, for my yoke is hard. No, my yoke is easy, and my burden is light we should make it really easy to obey. I mean, not these really strict rules that confine and inhibit. No, we should look for ways to make sure that there is room for our kids to grow, but we've got these guideposts that keep them out of trouble, that's all. 
All right. Verses 22 and 23, and I'm going to ask Mike Bozick to come down now from, is he up in the loft? Yeah, come on down. Uh, we'll give him a chance to come down. He's going to be my next victim. <laughs> Only kidding. He knows he's coming down. Um, verses 22 and 23 essentially translates to our culture with regard to the employee-employer relationship. It's really self-explanatory, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time here on that verse, and I'm going to drop down to verse 24 here shortly. But this is why I asked Mike to come down, because Mike understands this principle so much so, and this is rubber meets the road kind of thing. Again, this is, this is why I'm asking you to come up. Rubber meets the road. Daily stuff. Here's your mic. Uh, here's your mic, Mike. Uh, is it on? It should be on. Uh, let's see. Yeah, it's on. Can we get uh, can we get uh, his mic on? Is it is it on or is it? Make sure it's unmuted. Okay, here we go. One, two. Yeah, there we go. Um, yeah. Now Mike shared with me something interesting when we started the the whole Colossians thing. He says, you know uh, that. There's a couple of verses in Colossians chapter 3 that are my life verses. Life verses are great. They're rubber meets the road verses for you because Mike is an employer. He is an employee. And so, Mike, tell me just exactly why you picked this verse to be your life verse, your rubber meets the road verse. Go. Well, I agree with you, what you shared earlier about it. This is straight, straight out of Jesus unto Paul. When Paul's interpreting what he was experiencing when the Holy Spirit fell on him, Damascus Road, everything changed. I mean, his persecution of Christians to all of a sudden the love to see anyone converted to know Christ. Um, and so I think the best way for me to explain it is the verse itself says, you know, whatever you do, mm -hmm. yeah. do it as if unto the Lord, not unto men. Because we're trying to please the Lord, not men. Uh, and our inheritance is going to come from the Lord, not men. And what I realized in the course is, my wife would say this, she calls it the EEU type of verse, right? Edifying, encouraging, and uplifting. Um, but if I'm doing my work, trying to please the Lord, and not men, the client should be extremely happy. Uh, so they're the benefactor because I'm doing it in a way that's to please God. I'm being reverent about mm -hmm. what I know about building and construction. And all I can tell you is, is that God just, it, and what a turnaround. God's blessing. I'm not looking for work. It seems to just keep coming by reference. Uh, so I, I give God the glory and honor praise for that. That's awesome. So when did this come as your life first? When, when did you suddenly realize, this is it, this is, this is the way I want to function? Wow, well, I can tell you this, it's, it's been a process. Uh, I, I suppose that's the thing about sanctification. One day we'll be entirely sanctified when mm -hmm. God calls us home, right? Uh, but I, I would say this, when I first came to know Christ, um, I would say that everything was put into place um, you know, we're on this journey 
But the moment I came to know Christ, all of a sudden it became a reality that eternity became a part of who I was. It started the, the moment I accepted Christ. So then, I guess the learning process of being mentored by uh, a bunch of adults in my family who are all builders or contractors or whatever, uh, it started to fall into place that, okay, well, if I'm trying to please the Lord as a kid, you know, once I got saved, I'm starting to look for what, what am I going to do the rest of my life? Mm -hmm. uh, I would say this one kind of funneled in. I, I didn't know the words of Paul. I didn't know what he was teaching or preaching. But one day when I kind of was going through that study, and again on Ephesians 5.33, uh, and Colossians talking about 18 and the relationship, again, with my wife, spent time with God, God first, my wife and family next, of course, family, friends, uh, you know, and then those that we meet in the public. Uh, it was a steady bleed. It just kind of came in there. Very cool. Give my hand. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. And Mike is serving right now in the video loft. And I think they still need some help in the video loft. So if you have a desire to uh, plug in somewhere, uh, make sure you talk to one of the elders or, or talk to somebody in the video loft, uh, uh, Don or, or Mike or someone. Just let them know you're interested. But uh, and, and Mike has an interesting, you know, he, he may be a construction, in, into construction working and, and, and very successful at it. Uh, but his real love is to propagate the gospel. Look at me. My job, my secular job, is to tell people what the weather is going to be like the next day so you can prepare. And fortunately, I have a uh, media outlet to do my job, but my real desire is to glorify God in everything that I do, even in my job, but also to hear too. So, I mean... It's phenomenal. Um, Mike has a ministry uh, at Lake County Jail. The number of people that have received Christ as a result of his ministry at the Lake County Jail would, would boggle your, your mind. Uh, so, he, so I thank you for, for taking the humble spirit and, and working up in the video loft the way you do um, and, and so many other ways, and as many of you do too. Uh, here at New Promise Church. I thank you for that. So I hope all of that makes sense. And again, I wanted all of you to come up here. In fact, it, I'd love to invite each and every single one of you and ask you all of these questions, but we'd be here until six o'clock or seven or eight, and so I don't want to do that. But I did want to sample a couple of uh, key people just to show you. This is rubber meets the road kind of stuff. And in fact, Mike mentioned in verse 24, and we will conclude now in verse 24 and 25, and let's read it together. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance, he used the word inheritance. I want you to hang on to that word, okay? An inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs, and there is no favoritism. This highlights, this passage highlights the reward of our inheritance. Depending upon how well you do the things that God has reserved for you to do here on this earth, 
whether it's construction or whether it's weather, 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 or whether it is serving your family at home or a postal carrier or a pizza delivery person, whatever God has called you to do, how well are you doing it? Are you doing it as though you're working for Christ? So there is a possibility. Now, okay, now here's where you're really gonna have to listen very, very closely. I do, do not want to be misinterpreted. But let me be clear about the fact that there is a possibility of losing those rewards in heaven. But let me be clear about this. You cannot lose your salvation based upon your works. That's separate. Jesus did the work at the cross. He saved you. You are in his hands. And if you're in his hands, you know that you are his. That is for certain, absolute certainty. If you've personally called upon Jesus Christ as your savior, your salvation is bulletproof. You wouldn't want to be anywhere else. However, there does appear to be a distinction between entering heaven and inheriting heaven. These are two different things. You will enter into heaven, but your inheritance will be dependent upon what you did with what God called you to do during your earthly sojourn. It's a little like going to the Holiday Inn. Really? Yeah. It's a little like going to, the, or, or any of your favorite uh, places to stay maybe when you're on the road. It may not be Holiday Inn, it may be Embassy Suites, it may be uh, Baymont Suites, whatever it is. I'm using Holiday Inn here, but it's a little like going to the Holiday Inn. If you have reservations, you can check in, right? But that doesn't give you the right to rearrange all of the furniture inside the room. It's supposed to stay where it is. Sometimes it even tells you, keep everything where it is. Don't move it. Except maybe the peanuts in the refrigerator, if you got a little refrigerator in there. So it doesn't give you a right to take that room, do whatever you want with it. However, you have reservations. You can enter it. However, let's say that somehow... The owner of Holiday Inn says, he, he dies, and it's in his will. You inherit Holiday Inn. New ball game, right? You can do whatever you want in that room because it is your inheritance. You see the difference between reservations and inheritance? There's a distinct difference. In fact, I'm going to give you a little further study for those of you who really want to dig into this this week. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 through 15. I'll just leave it at that. Write it down in your notes. It's also in the YouVersion Bible app, uh, just in case you want to make reference to it. 1 Corinthians 3, verses 10 through 15, in order to expand on this idea of salvation versus inheritance. 
two very distinct things. So with that, I'd like to end with Revelation chapter three, verse 11, and close things out here with that quote actually from Jesus. It's a red letter. Whenever you see red letter in the red letter Bible, it says Jesus is, is the one speaking these words. When it's in red letter, pay close attention because something important is being said. And in Revelation 3.11, Jesus' letter to the church of Philadelphia says, I am coming soon. How many believe he's coming soon? I do. Jesus said it right here. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. He's not talking about salvation there. He's talking about your rewards for doing the things that he has called each and every single one of us to here on this side of eternity. This is great rubber meets the road kind of stuff to me. And it gives me encouragement all the more to find out what it is he wants me to do. And even beyond this interim pastorate for me at New Promise Church, which appears to be coming to a conclusion, so I'm going to be busy in finding out what it is that God would have me do because it's okay. It is okay to work for rewards. You want to be rewarded by Jesus who gave you salvation in the first place. Close your eyes for a moment. Examine your heart. Is Jesus in your heart right now? Is he in your heart? Have you received him? Have you opened the door to him as Lord and Savior? If not, this is your day. Do it now, and then he will lead you. He'll guide you into everything. And if you'd like to do that right now, very quietly, in the quiet space that you have, with your eyes closed, nobody's looking, raise your hand. Raise your hand right now if that is you. Fantastic. Praise God. Yes. Yes. That's awesome. Thank you. Yes, I see those hands. They're going up all over the place. That's awesome. Well, let's pray together. Father, with these hearts that are either opening up the commitment to the first time or recommitting to you, uh, we take great joy in the fact that we know that you will lead us in everything and guide us in everything. Rubber meets the road that we are supposed to shout from the rooftops. We are supposed to let our light shine. We are supposed to be salt and light to the earth. How do we do that if we remain silent and quietly shut up in the church? We can't. We have to shout it from the rooftop and let people know that you are our Lord and Savior. And I thank God for everyone here who has a great desire to be a rubber meets the road kind of a Christian. Thank you for your word, thank you for your admonishment, thank you for your guidance in all areas of life and help us to take it to heart and to employ these so that our lives here on this earth will go well in your eyesight because that's what's important. I pray this in Jesus' name and everyone said amen. We have one more to go and we're gonna look at the entire chapter uh, in Colossians chapter 4 
and then we'll wrap up together in this series. What a delight this has been. I hope you've gotten something out of this. I do, every time I do this, the, the deeper I dig, the more I find these little nuggets that are like, oh, wow, I can't wait to share this. Uh, so uh, again, it's, it's been a real delight to share that, and I hope you, you've gotten something from it. With that, let's all stand for those who would like to stand and sing our final song together before the benefit. Diction. <laughs>